So welcome to Death is Everything. Thank you. This Thank is... you for having me here. Oh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Um, so just to give a brief introduction, I usually don't use last names. Um, do you want to go by an alias or do you, are you okay? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know, let's go with the first name and then okay. we'll figure it out later. Okay. So uh, my guest today is Alex. Uh, we met many years ago, over a decade, working on a zombie film. Yeah, I think it was like at least 12 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we lived together briefly in 2011 as roommates, and that was fun. <laughs> that was a really yeah, great was, time. Was... However brief it was, it was really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun fun place. I liked the fire. How, how long did we... How long did we stay there? Like you, you I think were... I was there for about a year or something. Okay. Or nine months. I don't remember exactly. It was fast. I think you, I mean, I think I was there three months before you went off to um, uh, yeah. do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I stayed a little bit after that and your friend's parents moved in. Yeah. And I actually had some fun with them. They were pretty cool. Um, they were? Okay, good. Yeah, I, I remember, like, I felt bad because I think I was stressing out that I had to leave and, and the lease was in my name and I just kind of, like, somebody told me about them. So right away, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Take over. I didn't even, like, I feel bad for not offering the lease to you. And Liad, Liad left pretty quickly also. Yeah. He was cool. He was an easygoing guy. Um, your friend's parents were really fun. I mean, we didn't speak the same language, so communication was a little rough. But one night, my friend and I were in the kitchen doing vodka shots. <laughs> and I don't remember her name, but your friend's mom came in. And even though we didn't speak the same language, she looked at my bottle of like, I, I'm sure I was drinking some crap like Sky Vodka. And she picked it up and looked at it and was like, no, 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 no. And she brought out this giant bottle of vodka. And so we started just doing shots with her. And nice. <laughs> it was great. I mean, you know, what, you know, we had a good time. So it was cool. That's good. That's good. Did you yeah. stay there long? No, not too long. I think I moved out like two months later or something, um, mainly because as much as I liked them, uh, I didn't want to live with parents. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. very sweet. I can, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I was in parents, my wild. but still parents, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They weren't mine, but, you know. Um, yeah. And I ended up moving in with like a, a bunch of like a rock band. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun too. I, yeah, that was my phase of like party party. I was having a good time. That's good. It was great. Yeah. You know, you got to get it out in your twenties. <laughs> Definitely. I, I feel like I didn't party enough in the twenties. Oh yeah. Cause it was always like trying to, uh, I guess raise the income and then balance yes. that against going out and uh oh yeah yeah it was always uh, <laughs> in oh, yeah. conflict well, with one another your next uh party time is when your kids exit the home oh that's not for another like, oh you've got you've got a, a long time yeah <laughs> you're you're looking at retirement age partying so oh yeah but, uh, it's gonna be senior tours <laughs> oh yeah well i can't that's tell gonna you be the next party um, yeah, my dad is a retired guy, and there's fun to be had, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. He's, uh. he's uh, 75, and and he's living, you know, he's living. That's it good. Up, so. That's very good. I mean, I hear, you know, 80s, the new 60 now. I guess oh, yeah. 60s, the new 40. Yeah. Like in fact, my aunt is in town from New York, and she's... Uh, Let's see. She's 80 or about that. And she looks amazing. She seems in good health, you know. That's good. Aging yeah, that's isn't what it good. used to be. Definitely. But uh, yeah, it's still kind of scary. Not, not that we're getting older. And, uh, oh, yeah. Parents. Oh, watching yeah. parents go through what they did. What they yeah. Did. yeah. Yeah, we both lost our mothers to cancer, which is it's um 
yeah, it's really awful to watch. Um, yeah. I was able to take time and leave my job and stay with my mom. And yeah, that process is really rough. There has to be, you know, I think in the future, medical technology will improve. So tell me a little bit about your early life um, and where you grew up. Uh, so I was born in Kiev, Ukraine, and uh, I was there for about 11 years before I moved to U.S. I don't remember like too much, but as a kid, um, I don't know, I don't think it mattered to me that much, like, like the political climate or like what was happening. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but I was never really hungry. I, I remember at some point when the Soviet Union broke up, it was like, uh, know, like the transition was happening in 91, 92. Yep. And there was like no food. I was standing in line for two hours with like uh, a ticket to get like one or two loaves of bread. I don't even remember. And that seemed normal at the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. It is what it is. Um, I think kids yeah. roll with yeah. things. Yeah. You know, if that's all you know, you know, you're like, this is what's going on. You just kind of go with it. Yeah, they don't know any better. And yeah, for fun, we did a lot of dumb stuff <laughs> dangerous stuff but oh, like yeah. it was still fun like i remember our regular toys were slingshots and like spitball thing and uh playing on the train tracks climbing oh, construction man. sites <laughs> like sometimes i look back and i'm like well, you know <laughs> I how made did it. i make it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're Good playing on, on construction site like scaffolding and stuff like that yeah, yeah. I remember at some point my dad was building a little summer home, like um, not far from Kiev, and uh, it was like two-story thing. It was still still pretty open construction, so I was just at some point walking on the planks, and then they just kind of separated, and I fell, <laughs> landed, I guess, on the pile of sand. And I'm like, mm, well, that sucked. <laughs> then just got up. Kept going. Lucky. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, fun as a kid, but uh, the family—they they all came here so for a reason, right? So, like, a, at least back then, it, it was—it was, I guess, sucky conditions. Yeah. Um, in terms of work, income, food, quality of life, uh, just everything. So, do you remember your first experience with death? my first experience so there have been times when i think i would like get like really sick and then i just freak out and i'm like oh no am i gonna die yeah but like actual death um probably i don't know like the closest to death was was my mom dying yeah but my grandmother passed away when i was 14 and i'm like gone to that funeral and I've been to a lot of funerals before oh, and yeah. after so I don't know like I guess in some way that classifies as, as you know experience with that but uh, when I look back on it I guess my grandma passing away was kind of it and then my maybe mom the was biggest like, definitely like yeah oh yeah and the rest is like kind of whatever mm. yeah do you remember the first funeral you attended as a kid or? I'm trying to remember. So grandma passed away when I was like right around 14. And that was shortly after I came here. Oh, okay. And Actually, was your grandma think, here? Yeah, yeah. And then my grandma's daughter's husband. So I guess my uncle-in-law. Uncle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was killed uh, on the freeway. Wow. And I don't remember if that happened before grandma or after, but somewhere, somewhere around there. Yeah, that was, that was pretty sad too, because uh, he went fishing with his friends and uh, got out on the freeway to help somebody who was in the car accident, and then oh. he was hit by, by uh, I think, drunk driver. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, that's actually a very... 
especially in Los Angeles, apparently that's a, a very common way people die. So if you're listening and you're in an accident or you see an accident on the freeway, stay in your vehicle, call emergency personnel. Yeah. I mean, I'm also, you know, I, I also get that like people see an accident and they want to help. You know, yeah, but you got to do it safely, I guess. Like maybe well, use your vehicle to, to block, to block yeah. the path of other vehicles and maybe at an angle. So if you do have to get out, you're, you're kind of, you're somewhat protected by your vehicle. Be careful. But yeah. Yeah. Either way. I mean, you see careful. how people drive in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty and, crazy. And also it's, it's, it's always been crazy to me when people do get into some kind of a bumper fender or, or anything that's less serious than like basically where the vehicles are still functioning yeah like drive to the side of the road don't, yes. don't get out and figure stuff out there yes if people can drive get, get off get off the road and then figure it out yeah that's the safest thing to do so your first experience with death or maybe the one that stands out the most to you is your mom which makes sense to me yeah 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 and uh there's like, like my, so my dad is still alive, but he's very sick with Alzheimer's. And oh. I feel like even before Alzheimer's happened, he had uh, stents put in, uh, I guess, oh, his right. arteries or whatever. Yeah. And so that was a while ago. That was like, I want to say maybe 15 years ago at least. And already at that point, I think I was sort of trying to prep myself for, for his demise because... Yeah. I don't know. I was told that supposedly the stents only work for like five years or whatever at the time. I don't know. They and estimate. Then, yeah. And then, so it's sort of mentally in my head, he's been kind of dying for the last 15 years. Yeah. And, and then the Alzheimer's thing kicked in like five years ago. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've been prepping for that for a while, but he's still here. And then my mom thing just wham happened out of nowhere. Yeah. Bought it for like around a year and then. She went away. Oh, so it was quick. Like, I think, I think about a year, like maybe like a year and a few months or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cancer can really, I mean, uh, sometimes it's quick and sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah, Going through my experience, Mm -hmm. going through my experience, I feel like quick death is is probably much better. Yeah. And oh, I know I death is good, but like, if, if there is yeah. a choice. I mean, the thing is, like, death is something that happens to all of us. And we all have this ideal of growing old and dying in our sleep, right? That's, to me, that's the ideal. Um, yeah. You know, I want to be old and gray and have done all the things I want to do and just not wake up one day and that's it. Um, but yeah, it can be. Cancer is especially rough. My mom had a quite drawn out um, process and none of it's good, you know, quick and slow. It's all, it's all really kind of terrible. It's just, we, you know, I think um, the other thing is in, in American culture, we don't accept it well. Um, that it's a reality, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And it makes it a little harder to deal with. Yeah, some cultures are a lot more accepting of death and have much better rituals around it before and after. Yeah. And uh, I think to handle it a lot better as an adult, I think you have to be sort of prepped for it in a way that other yeah. some of the other cultures do it from like young age. Yeah the honoring of ancestors and um, Mm -hmm. sort of connecting with like the family spirit beyond the family that's here now, I think helps people. So what do you believe happens when you die? Do you believe in some kind of an afterlife? So I, I hope that there is something. Otherwise it's just sad. Like that all this happens and then it's the end and that's it. I really hope that there is something cognitive enough where we can reestablish our relationships Uh, or or maybe something that we can't even conceptualize, which would sort of, when we're there, it would make sense. And all of this would make sense. And like, 
all this pain and suffering that we're going through now would sort of be like, ah, that was nothing. Like it, yeah. it's all good when, when you're at that point. But I don't really believe that there is something there. And mm. I mean, logically, just based on my experiences, what I've seen, like, like I see no proof that there is something. Uh, yeah. And I guess we'll find out one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I embrace the unknown myself. Yeah. You know, I, I feel know. very much the way you do. It's like, it would be really great to think that there's like some beautiful meadow and all your family is there or all your friends, you know, everyone you want to be with. Um, but, you know, yeah. when you question, when you're someone who questions it's like it becomes harder to like latch on to those beliefs. I was just speaking um, with my co-host on one of our previous episodes that we recorded and um, we were saying, man, I wish I could just blindly believe. Mm, it would be much yeah. easier for me. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Those people who just believe into all sorts of stuff, it seems like it's easier for them. I don't know if it really is or not. They're just not being honest about it to us for themselves or maybe they really are oblivious i think fear i feel like if you believe that there is something afterwards you live in one way and then if you believe that this is all we got i think you live in a completely different way uh, right yeah yeah there's something i mean for me and my mom's death watching that process definitely made me kind of look at my life and and I mean it's one of the reasons that I've devoted myself to this podcast um and I think that thing is if there isn't anything else then what do I want to do here you know what do I want to do now what do I want to do for humanity <laughs> um you know yeah. I'm not a doctor or anything that really helps people but I decided like let's have a conversation about death you know we're all gonna end up dead one way or another and you know what do we and what do I want to contribute um so I'm curious about perspectives yeah and like something that like once in a while I think about and it just kind of boggles my mind is that like whatever there's seven billion people alive right now yeah seven plus within the next hundred years pretty much there's going to be at least seven billion people who have died and that's just insane just to think of those numbers and yeah I don't absolutely know. i i, I want to do something like you i want to make some kind of impact on, on the world i want to help people but i feel like at least right now i don't have the resources to make any significant impact and uh i don't know i guess i'm just looking for something so like right now with ukraine and everything that's happening there i'm trying to help by spreading awareness i have collected some donations that i'm gonna yes to so can you share the ways that people can help right now uh so so yeah i think the most helpful ways that, that would be beneficial, um, I guess, trying to purchase items and send them that way, uh, also donate money. But a lot of people always question, like, okay, if I'm going to donate to this or this organization, like, how is that money going to be used? Which ways are going to make it there? So some people try to seek ways to donate to individuals. There's been a lot of different ways that you could donate money but I I think the best way is probably try to find somebody who knows a Ukrainian or somebody who knows somebody who who can sort of I guess directly impact somebody's life in Ukraine or or refugees it seems like there's a lot of refugees now arriving at the border and okay. some of them are being processed and led into the U.S. they need a place to stay uh, they they probably need help. Like not enough is being done. I mean, it, it's helpful whatever is being done, but not, not enough. As long as the conflict is happening, but in my opinion, it's not enough. 
Yeah, I agree. I feel like in this time, in this era, and we can see everything that's happening. It's no secret. It's on the internet. There's videos of the reality of what's happening. And um, we can do Speaking of death, there's like so much death in Ukraine now. Yes. Russian soldiers dying, Ukrainian soldiers and civilians, kids, women. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's sad. It's depressing. And and it's like there's not much you can do except like a little help that we can do on our end. But I feel like people in US, especially, like we don't know how to protest anymore. Yeah. Europeans go out on the streets, it's like way more serious. Yeah. Here in your in US, I think the last serious protest we had was like the big rally was uh, Vietnam War, I think. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And um, yeah, I just it's hard to be a bystander at this point, because I often think if this was happening here, right? I don't yeah. think people consider that the daily lives of Ukrainians, it's just like your life here, right? Yeah. You're just trying it... to, to live. You just want peace and you just want to, everybody just wants a chance to be happy and healthy and be with their family and their friends and their loved ones. And it's being taken away from, from people for mm-hmm. no reason. For, uh... Absolutely. And um, I think the, a lot of people in Russia and the Russian government, they just don't, don't want Ukraine to have the freedom that they have. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a land grab. I think he wants the resources that Ukraine has and um, he is not backing down at this point yeah he lies blatantly the government yeah. lies blatantly about everything like we see it yeah. on video we yeah. see people are showing it we have international press there yeah. it's yeah. all over the world and yet they're just able to come out and say whatever they want yeah the i think if they were to cut off the use of natural resources from russia especially energy such as specifically gas yeah that would make Oil. a big impact uh-huh. Yeah. I know that the, I read recently that they're trying to figure that out. Um, but the thing is, it's like you have Russia, right? One country and then a slew of other countries. Can we not figure out a way to pool our resources together so that we can cut them off? Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there, there are definitely solutions. I think they're just either unwilling to do it or. Somebody has deep pockets that they don't want to yes. empty out. Money. It often yeah. comes back to money. The yeah. people in yeah. power are not the people losing their lives, though. Yeah. And That's I the... think in, in U.S., we've been lucky that we almost have our own continent here yeah. for the most part. We only have like two major neighbors, and uh, we're too far removed from Europe and Africa and, and like everywhere where there's... All that stuff so we don't care unless it really hits us here and yeah that was 9 11 that was pearl harbor pretty much yeah and, and only when that hits us personally then us really is like oh okay we're gonna go kick some ass <laughs> yeah then there's a response yeah although we do meddle quite a bit in foreign yeah affairs. yeah we do i mean there's been a lot of proxy wars between us and russia yes like, a ton of yeah conflicts. In fact, I have been doing some research for an upcoming episode about war and war death. And there's a lot of wars still going on that have been raging for a long time that we're sort of isolated from here. Our news media doesn't really cover those kind of things um, on the regular. So everything going on right now is really fucked up. I know, I know a lot of people who want to help. Um, And yeah, like, you know, nobody knows what to do. Modern society, you know, we have like all this technology, we can see things going on. 
but we're so disconnected in a, mm-hmm. in a way. I think that it's like you see it on a screen, but it's not reality in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, on the topic of like wanting to help, um, it's good that people want to help, but I, I'm trying to urge people to actually be more proactive and actually like force themselves to do something. Cause I know it's hard. Like you, you have the desire, but to actually spend the energy to, to do the research, figure out who to, help and how to help like a lot of people don't take that step yeah. I see a lot of posts where like oh we stand with Ukraine or whatever right that's great and and the one that especially like 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 really bothers the shit out of me is like people are you know like oh we pray for Ukraine or or we pray for this or we pray for you I'm like stop praying and actually do yeah. something yeah like do something Your donate money is not donate time if praying was helpful this wouldn't be happening in the first place so, right go do something right take action yeah go go talk to people show pictures videos or like have discussions uh or or compile a list of like i don't know three to five organizations that that you find and you do research on and you want to help and then you you spread that around yeah when i'll share some things on my instagram later um some links to where people can actually donate money and things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important with this conflict, but also just in general, like for people to be more proactive, we're just sitting here at home comfortable and we just don't care or like we care, but like we don't care enough to actually take that next step. We care, but you know, like I said, I think people see it as something outside of themselves yeah you know they don't connect it with their own reality unless putin's knocking on your door yeah but guess what if he succeeds at what he's trying to do he fucking will be knocking on more doors yeah yeah definitely he's absolutely like our modern um evil dictator I think he's giving Hitler a run for his money. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The shit that his soldiers are doing over there. It's it's, it's really brutal and nasty. Yeah. And, and I can't believe people can do that to, to each other. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it really makes you question humanity. What yeah. is it in us that allows people to behave that way? Yeah, I think for, for the longest time, I used to think, you know, humans are predominantly good. And then over time, I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I don't know, I think humans are predominantly bad. Yeah. And then I kind of swung back and I'm like, I think humans are predominantly neutral. And mm-hmm. then it just depends on circumstances. They go good or bad. And, and when it's convenient and easy, they usually go towards being selfish. And, yeah, uh, I think when people are put in situations of, high stress or like emergency you really see their true nature mm-hmm. yeah yeah also I, I found out a number of times i think over the last 30 years or so uh, if you really want to know who's your friend or not ask them for some money <laughs> you know they say right. don't ask friends for money because you lose them i'm like well are they really your friends well a true friend will just help you if they can help you yeah yeah like it depends i I remember uh one of the first times i got dragged into this pyramid scheme bs but Uh basically the the their whole thing was you know let's reach out to all your friends all your contacts and see if they want to do whatever xyz thing most people when i started talking about it most of my friends they didn't want to listen to what i had to say forget about like trying to do something yeah yeah <laughs> so i was like really annoyed with that and then over over the years there were a few other times i was trying to start a business then i would call around and be like hey let me borrow some money like yeah you, you know me like i'm not like yeah like i've never you're reliable like, I, I have a certain reputation and i'm like i I'm not known for either stealing money or not returning money if I ever borrow or whatever. So like, I'll be good for it. And, and uh, I think only one of my closest friends borrowed some, two, two of my closest friends let me borrow money. And 
Yeah. That was it. And then, you know, sometimes it goes by, sometimes it goes by. And then, like right now for Ukraine, I've reached out to people again. And I'm like, okay, this is not me borrowing money. This is me asking you to donate some money. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very worthy cause. It's not like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can see that, you know. For my podcast, I don't ask people for money. I just ask them to play my podcast. <laughs> and I tell them, I don't care if you listen, but you know. Yeah, yeah. You can really uh, tell. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think, I think times have changed to the point where before it was like, you know who your friends are when you get in trouble and who's going to help you out, type of thing, in that sense. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think, uh, I don't know if that's, no, I mean, I don't know if that's true anymore. I feel like nowadays everything is financial based and in a lot of ways I feel like a good friend will help you out financially. Um, and if they don't, then you know, what else are they gonna? Because I feel like it's so much easier, right? A lot of people are like, it's so much easier for me to donate $100 or whatever. Yeah. And not actually do something. Then like time. Physically. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah i've had i've had a number of people who are like okay i'm gonna donate x amount and then they disappear so i'm like why why, why say it in the first place yeah just like, do it yeah I don't, no need to about, announce or don't it. offer just go it. ahead and do it yeah They're like why offer it like i don't know it's weird then some people gave like peanuts well what kind of things do the ukrainian people need are we talking about food shelter uh, so so let's say the people that are here, the refugees by the border, right? The things that they need are uh, just blankets, Place uh, hygiene products, food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of people helping there. I don't know if enough people are helping. I, I'm planning to go down there myself like within the next week or so. Uh, so I'll be able to see better what's going on. Uh, but that's locally. Uh, yeah. You know, in Ukraine, like people's houses are destroyed. You know, so they lost they lost everything. People are going to need everything. It's not even like yeah, everything. A, and then there's medical not really care no. too. A lot of them are injured there, so they need medical care, operations, like medical equipment. There's a lot of lists floating around uh, for the items that are needed there. And I know there's been a lot of international aid, but like I don't know how it's getting down there so yeah i've also heard that aid uh people providing aid are having a hard time getting to the places that really need it because the russian forces are essentially trying to cut them off yeah yeah sometimes they destroy the vehicles that carry the aid right they destroy ambulances right we essentially need to overwhelm the russian effort with the opposite you know, you cannot destroy this place. You cannot exist here. Yeah. I know there was that video floating around of the grandmother giving them sunflower seeds. Yeah, that was great. And telling them, <laughs> put this in your pocket. So when you die here, at least sunflowers will grow. Yeah, yeah. That was, I was like, there's that a lot of that like, type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the spirit that that shows like the tenacity of the nation, you know. Yeah. yeah, there was. Did you hear about the one of the very first incidents of uh, Ukrainians standing up to Russians was on that uh, Snake Island where the yes, said <laughs> Russian worship. Go fuck it. I love that. <laughs> I was like, yes, those guys are heroes. I mean, that is when you think of someone invading your homeland. It's like that is the attitude, right? Yeah. Go fuck yourself, like. Yeah, you're not welcome and, here. You know, given given everything that's being done by the Russian forces in those regions, there's like the city of uh, I think Mariupol right now. That's yeah, pretty besieged and, and it's about to fall completely to the Russian forces. And uh, people are constantly coming out and like protesting the Russian soldiers' presence. But I'm like, I feel like we're beyond protesting at this point. I feel like those people. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know how it would be if I was there on the ground, but like mentally, that's how I see myself. If I'm there and, and that's happening, I'm like taking a knife and I'm like, oh yeah, right. Going at it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to come out with, with the Ukrainian flag and be like, go home. 
I'm like, I'm gonna make you like go home, like either into the ground or or whatever way. Like, so for for the longest time, I've always thought, you know, like I'm a I'm a citizen of the world. Yeah. Yes, I'm a U.S. citizen, but like I feel like I love space uh, and I see Earth as this tiny little ball. Like, right? yeah. Every time I think of space, like the, the cosmic dimensions, I get claustrophobic uh-huh. here on this planet. Yes. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm a citizen of the world. Like, I feel like. All this political BS and all this other stuff, like it just needs to stop. Like, yeah. Like I feel like we're beyond that at this point. And yeah. And, and there's a term for that. Uh, it's called uh, like cosmopolitan. Ah. Like that's what I learned. I, I didn't know. Like, but cosmopolitan means like, like I think it's from Greek or something. I don't want to or Latin. It basically, means like cosmos, like of of the world and. I don't remember the exactly the, the well, Latin, because it's like basically we're not... it means citizen of the world. Yeah, so yeah. Citizen of the world. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we're no, all connected totally. on this planet together. There's yeah. no need to fight each other over yeah, territory we, and resources. We can. This, this is one boat, and we're all sinking it. Oh yes. Well, we're sinking our own boat. Um, one of the other interests of mine is environmental studies and. It's pretty bleak uh, at this point, but (laughs) I mean, the reality is, you know, like the way we're going, war should really be the last thing on our mind. Um, Walking on the beach, there's like trash everywhere in the sand and the water. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how it was like 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, there was pollution 10, 15 years ago, but I feel like now it's gotten to a point where I feel like, I'm almost walking on trash now instead of sand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our little planet is sort of surrounded by some space junk too. (laughs) I feel like aliens came here and they're like, oh, no, you guys are way too dirty. Yeah. (laughs) They don't know how to keep their area clean. Let's let's just skip that planet. (laughs) Yeah. So do you believe in ghosts? Uh, Not really. Okay. No. I don't believe in the supernatural or, uh, or anything beyond beyond what I can see and touch. And um, yeah. beyond the maybe, tangible. Maybe one day uh, we'll prove it otherwise. But at least for now, anytime I see those shows like <laughs> haunted houses and all that, I'm like. I think I watched a few of those yeah. back in the day when they first were getting popular, and. I was like, they never find anything. They never find conclusive information. Yeah, they, they pick up some radio station vaguely, and then they're like, oh, somebody's talking on the other side. Yeah, I feel I like know. oftentimes, and and personally, I've, been, I've had weird experiences, but never anything uh, visually, you know, or tangible that I could confirm was in fact like a ghost or something like that i don't know i don't know enough about like string theory have you heard about string theory a little bit vaguely 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 so yeah i'm kind of like vague on it too i didn't read into it too much but i, I guess one of the ideas about string theory is like this i guess being connected to objects in a certain way be- i don't know between space and time or whatever and i don't know there are sometimes weird things yeah and uh, maybe maybe that's what some people perceive as ghosts or supernatural and, mm. and it could be explained if we knew more about it did you what ever see the movie arrival i i don't remember it but i'm pretty sure I've seen amy that. adams the redhead oh it's a great movie um especially for what we're discussing amy adams and jeremy renner the guy who played hawkeye uh, arrival. 1996. No, no, newer than 90s. No. It would know. be 2016, oh, maybe? 2016, yeah, there's... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And the way they talk about that humans view life on a line and it's not that simple yeah. for other beings. Yeah. Yes. I think sometimes yes. like maybe it's like that. Maybe we don't maybe our way of seeing time is silly and primitive. Um I think so. It's possible. Uh 
I mean, there's a lot of things sort of over the centuries that were explained by science. So maybe sooner or later, the string theory or like other weird shit is going to be explained by science. And then we'll yeah. have a better grasp and understanding of it. I've had kind of like a few weird experiences too. Um, so I don't know. I, I love dreams. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I love that movie Inception and, uh-huh. and just everything around dreams is cool. And for the longest time, I've kept like a dream journal. Like when I was younger oh, and, and I wake great. up in the middle of the night, I would just write it down. Then eventually I'm like, okay, I'm too tired to write this down. Like, yeah. It's going to wake me up. And then I'm not you gonna... always forget if you wait too long, you got to yeah, write it when it's fresh. And, and, uh... So anyways, uh, I was always like really into dreams. And then, at some point, uh, I've had like a recurring dream. Uh, oh. For what years, you- I've had one type of recurring dream. And uh, I, the theme was always the same in it. But, but what's that, the reason I bring it up is not that particular dream. Because at some point, that dream went away. Mm. And I don't know how many years went by, but another recurring theme started happening. It was never like identical, but different dream, not an identical dream, but an identical like circumstances and and theme. Hmm. So uh, zombies, current zombie dreams for years. And I love zombie movies and maybe some dreams were after I watched the zombie movie. But for for years, I've had zombie dreams. And in most of those dreams, I never saw the zombies but they were just, they were coming. But you knew they were, they were there. They were, I knew they were there. I knew they were coming. I was, in some dreams, I was preparing for those zombies. And <sighs> um, and they stopped when COVID came. Hmm. It was weird. That's like, a little spooky. <laughs> so it's weird. And I haven't had a single zombie dream since. But one of those zombie dreams uh, was um, like almost like World War II style. I was like oh. in in like this bunker and in the I forget what they're called, but like when when you dig out the the passageways, you know. Uh, oh, like a tunnel. Kind of like a not quite the tunnel. I mean tunnels too, but also uh, just like if you're on the field, right? Everything is open, so you dig down to like have like protection, whatever that's called. Oh, anyways, a bunker or a dugout. <laughs> dugout, I think. Yeah, yeah. So. So basically, that dream was with that, like World War II style dugouts and ammo and everything. And like, it was like a war coming. But for some reason, it was zombies. I don't know why. So I don't know if that dream was like almost a premonition for this global outbreak, or or maybe it was sort of a precursor to this other dream that I had, which only happened once as far as I remember. But in that dream, it was maybe half a year ago or something. And um, I was in Kiev and it looked like it was around the time that it's now in Kiev, like in, uh, seasonally. It was mm. like winter time, like winter becoming spring, some snow, destroyed buildings, burnt out buses. And uh, like a week or two ago, I saw an image from Kiev and I had this flashback to that dream. Like deja vu. It looked, yeah, like I'm like, oh shit, like half a year ago or so I had a dream where like this is what I saw in the dream. Like that, wow. not that particular image, like the, 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 the set was like that setup. That like the, the city was destroyed and there was snow and plus I don't know, it was like really weird. It's almost it like, like your subconscious like connects with what's going on in the reality and yeah. Maybe comes to a conclusion, right, about something that might happen, and it's accurate. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I don't think it was like a premonition dream. Maybe it's just something that my mind is constantly processing. But I mean, the recurring dream is weird, but this, this one-off dream about potential future—I don't know. I don't think that's a premonition dream. I, I am um, when I. So my husband and I moved into my parents' house in 2019 so I could take care of my mom for the end of her life. And the whole time we lived there, and this seems to have stopped since we moved, but I would have these, like, really visceral nightmares. 
where I'd be asleep and my husband would wake up to me essentially like in my dream, I was trying to scream, but I, you know, you don't, I guess when you're sleeping, you don't actually uh, yeah. vocalize. So I would, he would wake up to me being like, ah, 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 like I was trying to scream. And, um, in my most, <laughs> in one of the worst ones, now, um, I am not a fan of Trump. Okay. And in one of the worst dreams, this is like at the start of the pandemic, I remember in my dream, there was like a knock at the front door and I opened it and there was MAGA people there. And they told me, we have a child who needs to use your bathroom. You have to let us in. And I remember it was like a lot of people. And I said, no. And they were trying to push their way into my home. And I was like full force, like putting my body weight against the door in my dream. And I was calling for help from my husband to be like, help me hold this door closed. The MAGA people are going to get into our house. Um, and he just woke up to me being like, <laughs> but in my dream, it was the MAGA zombies I was afraid of. <laughs> yeah, dreams are very interesting. I don't know that that came true for me. I think I worked a lot of retail and, you know, Black Friday opening the doors. It feels like a zombie apocalypse sometimes. Yeah, I've seen videos of that. and um... That's our culture here in America. <laughs> yeah yeah it's strange it is it's very bizarre it's like, you don't kind of i kind of experienced that once i was working for a promotion like it was a promotion for i think hot dogs for some company i don't remember which hot dog company a while ago and they just opened the new walmart in la quinta oh yeah out in the that desert was, i don't know like yeah like 15 years ago and and when they so we started grilling the hot dogs in the store and the smell started permeating throughout the entire walmart it was like zombies running towards human oh yeah they yeah. surrounded us it was like they were almost piling <laughs> on top of each other they were trying to grab the hot dogs off of the grill <sighs> before they were even cooked we were just kind of like shocked about what that was is bizarre yeah i mean i think of the zombie films i worked on and i used to use like fruit roll-ups as the flesh that they would be eating because it's like well it's got to taste good and <laughs> it needs to kind of tear um and yeah it's like we film these kind of things and then to see people behaving in that like like inhuman desperate way is like really disconcerting it's like oh we were trying to make this up in movies but it's much worse in reality yeah <laughs> Yeah, a lot of times I watch movies and I'm like, there's no way that's real. That's so like, I don't buy it. And then and once in a while I come across that in real life and I'm like, that's nuts. But there <laughs> it is. And there it is happening right in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> is there a story about someone you know who died that you would like to tell? Uh, I guess the, the only thing that comes to mind immediately is my mom. Yeah. And I was there. When she passed away, like um, it was, it was very hard emotionally. It was yes, it was definitely like an experience I've never had before, and and I don't ever want to have again. Yeah, but uh, just it was weird. I was holding her hand when she passed away, and like I remember for like for a while, like like now it's been like. A year and a half since and I think like almost for like the first year it was just like unbearable yeah and like lately I kind of got to a point where I just I can't think about that anymore it's just so painful so like yeah like now nowadays whenever I try to remember what happened that day and how I felt I just immediately shut that thought down because it's just like I got so when we're like, I, I can't feel that anymore. Like, yeah. Too much. Right. There's so different. The grieving process. Yeah. Yeah. The grieving process is definitely not simple. It's another timeline. That's not a straight line. And yeah, I find that um, it really comes and goes. 
you know, sometimes maybe when we're more stressed or we're around things that remind us of our loved ones, you know, it gets harder. And then some days it gets easier when you're distracted, especially I imagine, you know, with your kids or with work or, or things. And a lot of that, like leading up to my mother's passing, I was working a lot. And I found that work was kind of a welcome distraction for me. Um, you yeah, know, I, I guess, you know, it's kind of like, it's nice to focus on something that doesn't, you know, have emotional connections. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same way. Like I was busy and away from home uh, during most of the year that she was sick and on one hand, there was a welcome distraction from it. At the same time, now I'm kind of regretting that I was away. Um, like, I know she was happy that I was away because I was getting trained for a job yeah. and, and, like, it was kind of necessary. But at the same time, I just kind of now I wish I'd spend more time with her. But Well, also, yes. I think there's a lesson in that, you know. It's like you have kids. Yeah, spend your time, you know. Show them who you are. Let them be with you. Uh, yeah. You know, and teach them about their grandma. I don't yeah. know how old they are. Uh, they're very young, six, maybe. Six and three. Yeah. yeah, so maybe they didn't get to know her as well. So there are things. Yeah. Moms have a... There's a special connection, you know, right? Like, for me, that was my disciplinarian. <laughs> Yeah, you know my mom too. was a tough ass but you know looking back it's like oh fuck she was right about all this stuff and uh yeah, yeah she was right about a lot of stuff i just feel like like sometimes if she would have disciplined me in a different way or something <laughs> <laughs> just very loving and at the same time very like like old school dis discipline yeah yeah and flip back and forth between them two so it was like ah, <laughs> uh, like what's happening <laughs> like you yeah. love me you, i hate you i love you but i hate you but i love oh, yeah. you and, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I had a, yeah, just, a rough go with my mom. Yeah, man, I was really annoyed the way she was treating my dad, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right in the face. Yeah. That's what love is, you know, it's getting sneezed on and, <laughs> and yeah. being okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... When you think about your own life, does the prospect of death or dying inspire your life in some way? Like you mentioned you had a bucket list, right? Yeah, I don't I don't have like an official bucket list, but yeah, there's like in in general, I think in a lot of ways I want to do a lot of stuff. Like mm -hmm. before this heaviness of parents getting sick and mom dying and whatnot I, I always like i want to do stuff i want to do everything i want to go here i want to travel and experience and then yeah then after she passed like the first almost year like i'm just thinking about that i'm thinking about dying i'm thinking about like what's the point to life we're all gonna die anyway yeah. why am i trying to get a job and stress out over it when i can just go like to like um to like a third world country where she, everything is like much cheaper and just yeah live live and enjoy myself live there. like and a like, king yeah and and my parents are like 40 years older than me so i kind of always in some ways saw myself 40 years from now and i'm like ah like i don't like why do i need to care about this when 40 years from now i'm not gonna care so, yeah it really puts things in a different perspective really stressful yeah but then like also thinking about death every single day constantly was also kind of very depressing and so now I'm kind of yeah. trying to snap out of it, uh, but it's hard, but like, like it's little by little. It's... I met someone recently. Um, I, you, you know, I'm a very friendly person. I, I walk around town a lot and I meet a lot of people. And one of my neighbors I met recently had told me we were having a conversation. I had my death is everything shirt on. So he asked me and we started talking about death. He also had two young kids. And I, I asked him, um, you know, he was kind of having his own struggle with work. He had been laid off and, you know, made him really question like his place in life. Um, and I asked him, well, 
what are things that you want to do before you die? And he said, well, it seems silly, but I've always wanted to ride a motorcycle. And I said, oh, that's a great, that's a great thing to want to do because it's so easy to do, right? You could go take a class. Um, you can find someone with a motorcycle and ask them if they'll let you ride on back. You know, if you want to do something as simple as that, what is stopping you, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some things are a lot easier to accomplish on the bucket list than others. Yeah. Like yeah. my ultimate bucket list is space, like to uh -huh. be in outer space, in orbit or and beyond. You know, and, 10 years uh, ago, maybe. I would have said that's like not, you know, unless you're very, very, very wealthy. No, but it seems like it's getting more and more possible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be possible within probably 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we're on the cusp of really commercializing. Yeah. Into orbit. So. I keep thinking commercial flights will become that. Instead yeah. of taking a plane, you'll just take a skyrocket up and down. I think so. I think so. It'd be much faster. Yeah. yeah, I've wanted it for so long. But like, I remember like way, way back in the day, my friend was just making fun of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, yeah. But it's not as far as actually as, you know, people travel around the globe miles and miles and outer space isn't actually that far away. Right? Yeah, How many miles is it? 60 miles. Yeah, that's like the internationally recognized space line, like the Carmen line, they call it. Uh, 60 miles up? I used to travel miles. 60 miles for work. Yeah, <laughs> one way. kilometers. Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I think it's accessible, you know. I like that. Yeah. Um, so when you pass away, do you know yet if you want to be buried or cremated or something else? You know, uh, uh, I was hoping oh. to be frozen and launched into space. Ah, so, so yes, like cryogenics. Kinda, yeah. There is a place sure. in Arizona that does that. It's about eighty to two hundred thousand um, yeah. dollars. So save your money. <laughs> but yeah. the and other then shipping that to space is yeah. Be so you know, can actually dollars. have a space burial, but they put your cremated remains in a rocket. Yeah, so that I don't want to do. I don't want to get cremated and shipped off. I want to freeze my body and then maybe, maybe eventually some aliens find it and uh, revive me. I don't know. Or you request to be on the uh, spaceship to the new planet that we're yeah, looking, yeah. you know. Yeah. Something. I don't know which planet we're going to shoot for. Um, I mean, it looks like I... Elon Musk is going to populate Mars pretty soon. Yeah, he seems to be. He wants to be, I think I heard him something that he wanted to be the first person buried on Mars or something like that. Uh, so you, so I like that you want to be cryogenically frozen and shot into space or included in... Dead or alive, I want to get to space. All right, all right. That's, that is really cool. Um, you can definitely do it post-mortem, and I really hope you can make it while you're alive. <laughs> Uh, yes, ideally, which would yes. be much more cool for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, are there any songs you would want played at your funeral? Um, favorite music or favorite poem or? So in general, I like electronic music. And for the longest time I've been thinking when I have my funeral, ideally, like if I know I'm going to die, I'd want to have a funeral before I die. So I'm, I'm, yes. I'm there for it. Um, and then also I feel like yeah, a lot of funerals are so like just depressing like a bummer. Morbid. Yeah. Should be more like a party, like celebration of life, even though I know it's that, but like celebrating the life of that person instead of just kind of going there for an hour and crying and saying yeah. some religious garbage. Yeah. It's <laughs> commonly accepted to, to speak at yeah. the funeral. I love that. <laughs> I just I don't know. I think I think it'd be more fun to just yes yeah, celebrate me right yeah yeah if, if you turn up to show up yeah have fun yeah like share like fun stories and, and yeah i feel like my funeral should be my last party i yeah i agree i feel that way too like have some good food have some <laughs> drinks oh yeah for you and or maybe it'll be the launch party 
yeah. add every you, you add you know in bed to everything so here i'm like adding in space to everything <laughs> funeral in space last party in space yeah. so thank you for listening to death is everything please if you like us rate review and subscribe you can find us on a few different social media sites you can find us on instagram at d period i period e period underscore cast and on Twitter at Death Every Cast. If you're interested in interviewing or being a guest, go ahead and send an email to hello at deathiseverything.com and check out our website, deathiseverything.com. We have merchandise, we have all the episodes from this podcast and episodes I have been a guest on other podcasts as well. See you later, Land of the Living. <laughs>